You're listening to the Your Queer Story podcast, the podcast that inspires peace, love, and radicalism, led by your favorite hosts, Evan Jones and Paul Hobbs. Trigger warning. Our content covers centuries of LGBTQ plus stories, and occasionally we may use outdated language or cover topics that include violence, assault, homophobia, transphobia, as well as other injustices against marginalized communities. Make sure you subscribe and review wherever you are listening, and be sure to follow us on all social media at Your Queer Story. And if you want exclusive content, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. You're here, now let's get queer. gotten our um nonsensical brain warming discussions yeah. out of the way yeah how you feeling today wait i gotta do my therapy voice yeah how you feeling today not great it's amazing how you can keep things together until you get to therapy <laughs> and the moment they're like so how are you doing? You're like, oh, well, honestly, my life is in shambles right now. It's hell. It's hell. And then as soon as you get off, you're like, okay, so I no after therapy lately. Well, and especially in the beginning when I had a lot to fucking unpack where I didn't know I had a lot to unpack because yeah. everything was fucking buried. After therapy, I was exhausted. Like, mm, yeah, it was an hour long and. I don't know why it was so physically exhausting, but I'd literally finish and I'd be like, I need to go to sleep. Like yeah. I am drained. Yeah. Now it's more, okay, we kind of talked through everything I needed to talk through. Here's where I'm at. Here's my updates. Here's kind of how I've been feeling over the last week. So it's not as deep. It's still working on stuff, but it's like, I know why I'm doing this now, or I know why I felt this way now. And it's more of like a, we're working towards the next goal, I think. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Well, that's common in therapy. It's mm-hmm. common in therapy when you go through a tough session to be emotionally drained. That's why I do my therapy usually in the evenings or I do it on my day off. Yeah, I I do know. mine like Wednesdays at two o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> so I take my lunch break and then I go back to work and I'm like, well, luckily I'm working from home now. But, yeah. That's and it's the, over yeah. the phone. But I'm like, holy shit, I'm yeah, see, so that tired. Too, that would be too tough for me. Because I, 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 you know, I mean, especially now because I... I I'm, I have been doing EMDR. We'll see. I'm going to continue doing EMDR. With the new my, person, right? But I probably won't be continuing it with the therapist I had. That's a story. Maybe I'll put that in <laughs> one of my coffees with Evan. That's more of a private story, yeah. but it is important. Anyways. Speaking of coffee with Evan, you can get access to that content for as low as $3 on our Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash your queer story. That's right. Go on there. We got a lot of different videos, so check them out. Um, but uh, yeah, and I do a lot more like personal stuff, like even stories that I tell on the podcast, I'll go more in depth on Mm -hmm. there because there's only a few people watching and you can really kind of open up. And these are the people who really want to get intimate with us. Yeah. Yeah. They want to know more. So, um, but anyway, so I mean, I'll tell that story on there, but yeah, but my, but EMDR is very intensive and you like, even though you've already talked through a lot of those memories, when you do EMDR, you have you like you're reprogramming your brain's reaction to those memories, so mm-hmm. it's a lot of work, and so um, I could not do that at two o'clock in the afternoon. It wouldn't work out for me. <laughs> uh, but it's um, yeah. So if you're not in therapy, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even if you don't think you need it, make it a, a habit. Like you go for your yearly checkup, 
make a even if you just try yeah. try it once maybe you'll find you. out you need something get your therapy set up now because who knows what's going to happen between november and um all the spots January. are going to be filled exactly so you just get that you get that filled and you get that booked because you're gonna need it we're gonna talk about that on our next episode but yeah (laughs) but yeah but otherwise um pretty good oh here's a new addition that's gonna be fun for the podcast you want me to turn it off yeah probably (laughs) (laughs) one second i'm paused so sorry, my de- my dehumidifier went off. I finally got it. I I literally was suffocating in my basement for the first two weeks that we moved us down here. I couldn't figure it out, and then my wife's like, "Go get a dehumidifier," and it's been amazing. But and now you're not like, <laughs> <laughs> I still have my allergies, but I'm I can actually breathe in my basement. Mm-hmm. Also, though it it just randomly shut turns on, and it always turns on when I'm on with a call with someone, and doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter if I have my earphones in. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. You can just it hear knows. it. You just have a very moist mouth, I think. And you're just putting a lot of <laughs> moisture, moisture in into the, the air. air. <laughs> it can be on this entire episode then. <laughs> the whole time we're talking. Um, I don't know. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Um, we're just honestly talking about a bunch of nonsense. This isn't going anywhere. No, we're just no. talking about get therapy. Talk to somebody. <laughs> we tell you every episode because we really yeah. mean it. Yeah. I didn't know. I mean, I knew I probably could have benefited from it, but I never thought I needed it until I started going. And uh, it pretty much changed my life. Yeah. It really did. It's been very helpful. But what have you been doing outside of there, people? I have been writing so much. I've been writing and writing and writing and reading. And it's on Medium, which is kind of behind a paywall because you can only read two articles a month for free and then you got to subscribe for a membership. So maybe I'll repost some of that content onto the Patreon. Yeah. Um, But... If you want to read, you can go to itsjustpaul.com, and that will redirect you to my Medium profile. Why don't you utilize that Paul's Wines? Um, Paul Hobbs Wine? No, because I'm squatting on that until they buy it from me. They're never coming for that, Paul. I can make them come for (laughs) it. You know what you could have utilized? You could have bought that R.I. Pride Org, because that's not a I still have it. um, Yeah. I have it on watch, so. Yeah. I'm waiting for it to expire, and then I'm going to buy that. Well, I don't think you should buy it, because there's nobody that's going to buy it from you. No, oh, I don't want to buy it for the, for it. For I just want to own it, so that way when somebody's like, oh my god, let's look up Rhode Island Pride, and then they put it in, and then they come to our podcast, <laughs> and then they can listen to us. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Assholes. I was looking for some resources in Rhode Island. Like, listen to our podcast. Well, maybe it'll be like yourqueerstory.com slash pride, so then when they go to that, it'll redirect to that, and then there'll be pride information, but it'll also be on our podcast. Well, there's no pride information in Rhode Island anymore. Well, there can be. Okay. We well, can just we... list like local bars. Okay, and, all right. You know? Gotcha. Local list of resources. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Plans. Plans. Anyways, um, I have been working on the organization that eventually I will one day tell you guys about soon, hopefully in December. I'm very proud of the work you've been making, by the way. The oh my the videos? progress you've been making. No, the uh, your creation. My creation. Your website oh. creation. Oh, yeah. Are you impressed with that? I was, actually. I, I was like, wow, I haven't actually... I was impressed with that. I was impressed with how quickly I picked up the things. I mean, I can't code. So that although I did learn, like, I found how to copy and paste codes into my <laughs> HTML, whatever. That's honestly that. when... That's what I do. Yeah. I don't write my own shit. Nobody writes their own shit anymore. That's okay. just a waste of time. When you When somebody says, like, when I design websites... I pick my base, mm-hmm. I pick a theme, make it pretty, Yeah. and then if I need to switch something, I just Google, 
you know, like HTML or PHP to resize or whatever, and then you fucking copy yeah. and paste it where it goes. Nobody yeah. like does it. I mean, some people do, and those people get paid like two hundred thousand dollars, and they work for companies. But yeah. like individual people, why do I feel I'm sitting back? <laughs> um, individual people really don't. It's all copy and paste. Well, and, they they freak me out on the website builder because they're like, "Do not use this if you do not have experience in coding." And I was like. Okay, but I did it anyways. (laughs) (laughs) They just scare people off. I swear, (laughs) more people can do it than think, but they're just too intimidated to try it. And that's kind of another thing I've been working on Mm -hmm. for myself, not in web design, obviously, but stop. I've stopped telling myself that I can't do something just because I've never tried it. Yeah. And I just fucking do it. And like, that's what I did with writing. That's literally been my, that's what's been pushing me through this. Um, that's what's been pushing me through this entire thing um, of like this organization that we're building because I don't have experience, but you know what? I've just taken one small step at a time and now I have a business license. I have um, like a website. There's mm-hmm. like, we, you know, we have all these things in place and it's just by it's stepping back. That's what I learned in sobriety. And I think as you get older too, like stop looking at the big picture of like, Oh my God, I can never do this. Just right. Like, what's you have the next to look at do? it and say, so I'll use a writing analogy. Don't mm-hmm. think of you're going to write a novel. Yeah. Write one paragraph at a time, one sentence yeah. at a time, and then eventually you'll build something, and maybe it'll be four paragraphs long, and that'll be the entire work, or maybe it'll be pages long. Yeah. Just, yeah. you got to start, and you'll get better as you go, Yeah. and you'll learn as you go, and that's what I'm learning. And yeah. I used to be that way, and then I think at some point I kind of lost that and kind of became fearful of putting my, like trying Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people lose that once they get out of their early 20s and they start to get a little more mature and work towards building a more stable life. They kind of get away from that. It doesn't yeah. fucking matter. Just do it. Attitude. Yeah. So just, it, just do it. It's easy to get caught up in that because you're exactly right. When you're young, 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 you're fearless because you have no idea what the consequences are. Mm-hmm. And then you start to feel that consequences. You start to feel the backlash. You get, you hear the criticism. You get in trouble. You hear the criticism. Yeah. Exactly. And so then you pull back from being bold and then we get stuck in these ruts and we keep doing things. It's <clears> like, you know, working in retail for a decade and hating every day of it, but telling myself oh, I have to do that, and, and it, constantly having somebody tell you you're not doing good enough. Exactly, and being t- and and to be fair, I did need that. Like I not I didn't need to be de- degraded, but I I didn't have other options for work, mm-hmm. and that's what I had to do to pay my bills. But there, I probably could have left a lot sooner, but I believed that I I couldn't, and I believed that I wouldn't survive without the pay, and I believed that I I wouldn't be successful somewhere else, and so I just kept staying. And we do that, we do that in relationships, we do that in our careers we do that in, in opportunities that one we want to try so be bold that's my suggestion and how does that make you feel it makes me feel great <laughs> so Honestly, we're glad yeah. that you joined us for our 10 minute therapy session this morning um as always uh yeah but yeah but now we're gonna get into <laughs> the point of the episode okay. which is uh the show that Evan's never seen. Don't worry, I'll, this, I'll take it's it out. True. No, it's fine. I, I, <laughs> I first of all, I've seen three fourths of this, but I don't want to ruin my intro that I wrote. So today <laughs> we're finally covering a longtime queer favorite, Rocky horror picture show. And if you think we're talking about a down on his luck Philadelphia boxer who constantly walks around with blood running down his face, calling out for Adrian, well then you're probably straight and have stumbled upon the wrong podcast. 
But if you're queer, then there's only one real Rocky in your horror book. And of course, it's the cult classic, The Rocky Horror Picture Show. I love how you're like, I don't want to ruin my intro. And then you read your first <laughs> sentence and I ruin it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I knew you were going to do it. That's why I was rushing into it. But no. <laughs> So, yes. So, Rocky, um, I've seen three-fourths of Rocky. I have listened through to the soundtrack. I'm sorry, folks. I I thought it was scarier than it really is. No, it's not. It's just weird and fun yeah, and it's, it's silly. Very, it's like everybody uses the word campy. Definitely, that's it. Um, uh, I will admit that the first time I saw Rocky Horror Picture Show, it was on Glee because mm, they cover it. And yeah. then I went back and I watched the real thing probably years later. But yeah. it was – I don't know that I would have seen it if it wasn't – Frigley because Evan and I both grew up in such a conservative area. We were talking about this earlier. We didn't want to be so far outcast in our area by being those queers who were campy and weird. Yeah. And also we talked about, so we had a friend who was real big into Rocky. And at the time I, I couldn't understand why she like loved it so much. I mean, I, I understood like being into something. Obviously I'm sitting in a room that's surrounded by like star Wars stuff, but she, you know, she was like going every weekend to the shows and I, I'm like, well, how can you watch the same thing over and over? But after writing this and studying it, I realized what it is. And also Paul and I were talking about how she, her name is Amber. Um, she understood like an elevation of queer that we had not, uh, we had not right. reached yet. Nope. We were, the thing is, if you're in, if you're in a very liberal area or a city, so you're on the East coast, the West coast, you don't get that. Like, when you come out here, sure, you might be a little hesitant to do things, but you have this whole culture, and you have all these people and references to to look at, and where we were at, we were pretty much it. Yeah. And, you know, we had this one rundown gay bar that we went to, Mm -hmm. and we had no reference for anything. There were no organizations. I mean, there were, but not really. There was, like, nothing. So, for us, we were the outcasts, and how could we stop ourselves from being really outcast Mm -hmm. other than to be almost as straight presenting as possible, but still owning our Yeah. You own it as much as you can, but you're so like, we talked about how in Indiana, we never would have hung a rainbow flag out or put a rainbow sticker on our car because that would get your, your windows busted in or your tires slashed. Like you wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. You could be proud in your circle of friends, but you weren't going to walk around with a shirt that said, I'm proud. Right. Because you, someone would come up and punch you in the face. Probably. Um, so yeah, it's just, and then having, I now I wish we would have gone because we were invited to go see like a live version of it where they, the, the picture show where they do like the live, they show it on the movie and then they have the actors up front or whatever and they yeah. throw the rice and all that stuff. We were invited to that, but we were scared, I think, would yeah, be the we right were. way. Yep. But I, I think we were just like, that's not for us, but I think we, it was yeah. fear deep down. It was it was fear. It was definitely fear. And like you said, it's back to that association. Oh, we're not those queers. Right. <laughs> we're not that gay, please. <laughs> but turns out Here we are, <laughs> running a queer podcast. You know, Here we are. <laughs> but, yeah. The only queer organization left in Rhode Island. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really? I know. No, it's there's all sad, kinds of smaller ones, but... No. But yeah, it's 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 amazing how we've evolved. So mm-hmm. we had a good chance to get involved in the scene and we didn't. But that's okay because we'll pull it back around. And with the doom and gloom of the upcoming election in America, we thought we'd lighten the mood a bit by heading to Transylvania 
or Denton, if you want to get technical. And before we begin, we just want to let our listeners know that we will be using some outdated language in accordance with the terminology used during the show. This does not mean it is appropriate to use this language today, and there are many ways in which Rocky could be perceived as offensive today. But when we remember it in the context of the time, we could see how Dr. Frankenfurter certainly inspired a generation of LGBTQ plus people to celebrate their queer identity. So now, let's come to the lab and see what's on the slab. Yeah, and I think the language is very important to point out because we... I mean, our listeners have to know, but just in case this is your first episode, we cover a lot of things in different time periods, and mm-hmm. language evolves so much that when you watch something from the from older times, you have to take that into consideration because it really was a piece that was meant to inspire and be silly yeah. and be crazy. They weren't trying to be offensive, unless you're straight. Maybe they were trying to offend the straight people, but yeah. it was meant to help the queer community. Mm-hmm. And just because the language is outdated today doesn't mean that it's bad. Exactly. And I think that it's important to remember. So like the words, big words were transsexual and transvestite, which are used repeatedly throughout the show. And that's how Dr. Frankenfurter identifies himself. But, you know, when we were talking about Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, they were both very proud transsexuals. That's how they Mm -hmm. identify. They identified as transvestites. They identified as transsexuals. And they found empowerment in those terms because that was the, the language today of that day Mm -hmm. and i i like i I think about today and how in 30 years the language that we use today may be very outdated Mm -hmm. like people may look at us and say i i can't believe you use the terms gay i can't believe you use the terms transgender that's so offensive right the same way we look at homophile and we look at um we look at uh like transsexual transvestite i'm trying to think of other ones that we use um sapphis isn't really out it's not it's outdated but not because it's i don't think anybody's found it offensive yeah (laughs) no hopefully not (laughs) yeah but like oh invert was a big one Mm -hmm. that they used that that's a really offensive term now which people don't even know about um hermaphrodite was a really offensive term and then you could see it on the other hand where how we've reclaimed queer you never Mm -hmm. know you know people could go back in time and history and say no we identify as i don't know homophile now like that's the right way to say it now and you never know so you just have to when that's just that's our little rant. You have to look at history with a grain of salt and know that words change and be okay with that. Yeah. So during the winter of 1970, a young, out-of-work English actor wrote a screenplay out of sheer boredom. Richard O'Brien was considered a bit odd by outsiders. Their feminine expression and love of science fiction caused him not to fit in with society's so-called social norms. And even 40 years later, O'Brien still admitted to Pink News, All my life. I've been fighting never belonging. Still, He's, why are you talking about Dr. Frankenfurter's voice? Go ahead. Well, that's how I picture. <laughs> Still, even in their younger years, Richard was perceptive enough to know there must be others like them. And if there were not, then they would create characters and bring them to life on stage. Mixing styles of sci-fi and trashy TV, the young writer finally completed a script and sent it out to friends. And I just want to say, Richard O'Brien is often identified with male pronouns. I have not seen what pronouns they use. I just know that they now identify as non-binary, so... That's why I use they, them. I don't know that it's inappropriate to use he, him, because a lot of people don't realize that non-binary folks can use Mm -hmm. binary pronouns. It's it's what you're comfortable with. So just putting that out there. O'Brien titled the play, They Came from Denton High, and showed it to a few friends. Within three years, the show was in a full production with one significant change. The title now ran... The Rocky Horror Show. Can you imagine if it was like they came from Denton High? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it would have. <laughs> I don't think much would have came of it. I think yeah. the title means a lot, and I think yeah. uh, 
They came from Denton High. They came from Denton High. I, it would have just sounded like a 1930s show, yeah. honestly. This is the 70s. Like, that sounds even like reefer madness. I don't know. The unique musical was a relative success in London and within a year had made its way to the States, finally premiering on Broadway in 1975. Oh, imagine seeing that on Broadway. That would in be... 75. Oh, that'd be amazing. In 75, I'm sure yeah. people people, they, people were shook. They were very they shook. They were definitely shook. Even <laughs> though it was after Stonewall and all of that, mm-hmm. there was no... It, it was not there yet. This is six years after this Stonewall, is like, so we're... Rocky Horror Picture Show could be shown today and be accepted, not in 1975. Oh, no, no. <laughs> the, context, the context and style of the play fit the edge of the 70s. Glam rock, femme dress, and heavy eyeliner fell in with popular rock bands like Queen and Bowie. In fact, the makeup jet artist for David Bowie and Mick Jagger was later brought on to help with the makeup for the Rocky show. Um, so there was like, the, I mean, the 70s are seen like you have Woodstock, you have this push in feminine expression in men but not rocky push like that rocky Rocky, was if you've never seen it after this episode don't (laughs) don't stop listening now but it is required christian viewing Mm. i don't know where it's it's available at i will tell you where it's available at the end there you go that's why you gotta listen to the end yeah but but yeah but yeah you need you need to watch it and you gotta remember i mean even today like i said some people might would still look at Rocky and and be offended, but especially in the seventies. Oh yeah, it was a lot. Imagine your church playing it. That was, <laughs> that's they would have been like, these are the devils that are coming for this. Oh yeah, it was it was a small success of the play mixed with the culture of the era that caused a few producers to take a chance on moving the musical to film. The entire movie was shot in just sixty days and cast most of the original play production, including Tim Curry in his original role as Doctor Frankenfurter. However, producers insisted on casting Americans for the unsuspecting visitors that stumbled upon the annual Transylvanian Convention. Young stars Barry Bostwick and Susan Sarandon landed... Sarandon. 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 Susan Sarandon. Is she from uh, Minnesota? I don't know. Do you not know who Susan Sarandon is? No. Oh my God, Paul. You're literally <laughs> getting up my ass about Rocky and you don't know who Susan Sarandon is. Well, maybe we should cover her if she's that important. She's in, what's, that, what's that show about the two ladies that go on the trip? Wow. Uh, um, I think we talked about that last last episode when we covered... Uh, Thelma and Luis. Oh. I was gonna what say- did you think it was? Monster. <laughs> no. The two ladies that go on the trip. Oh, monster. Uh, they went on a trip. <laughs> no. Anyways, she's from a lot of shit. She also became like a conservative asshole later in her life. But um, and Okay, she's so alive. obviously that's why I don't know her. But, she, but it, when she was younger, you know, she's starring in fucking Rocky. She's really progressive. And then it's like a lot of older people, they hit 50 and they're like, I guess I, I can't be for people's rights anymore. I guess I, got, I can only care about my own rights. So I don't know. When you hit fifty, a switch Apparently, changes in your brain. Yeah, it does. So anyway. we should just have a max, a mass. Uh, <laughs> Jesus! All right, fifty, and then you're out. It's your forty nine, your three hundred sixty fourth night at forty nine, and you're like, well, it was a good run. <laughs> Got to keep the younger people safe. Um, anyways, they landed the roles of Brad and Janet, um, rounding out the film's cast. By August of 1975, the movie was being released in England, and the following month it rolled out in eight of America's largest cities. Couldn't have that shit going around the the uh, 
quiet in Midwest. Oh, hell no. Are you kidding me? Someone in Montana watching that? They would have just shot up the theater. They'd be like, ah, all right, guys, everybody get your guns out. We're just going to shoot the screen till it's dead. This is the future liberals want. <laughs> Once again, the name had been upgraded. Only this time, just one word was added to the title. The musical was now called the Rocky Horror Picture Show. For the first year, the movie had little... Oh, I did want to mention that it's filmed in 60 days, and actually the day that this... Um, that this episode airs is the first day of filming for the um, picture show. Well, would you look at that? Didn't do it on purpose, but that's how it worked out. And and it would have been done uh, earlier, but Susan Sarandon got pneumonia because they were standing out in the cold and rain so much. <laughs> oh my God, for the <laughs> first scene. <laughs> they didn't have a, pro- a good production cost to keep their actors they're like we can't have fake rain we can't add that and we have to have real rain also i did love the 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 line where they're like the whoever answers the norm i don't know if that's riffraff i don't know they're like i think it's yeah pretty but i don't remember you're pretty wet and she's like yes it's raining (laughs) which was honestly with their production cost was probably one person with a watering can just just (laughs) they just have buckets up there like you know those big tubs are just like exactly Anyways, all right. For the first year, the movie had little success. Promotion struggled to gain much attraction, and by the end of 1975, all eight cities in the states had pulled the show from theaters. The poor reviews from critics certainly didn't help. Writers described the musical as labored, lacking, and a low-budget freak show. They weren't wrong on any of those. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, as well as a variety of other unpleasant terms. It is certain that there were homophobic reviews, yet ideas of the time combined with the... Bad- Yet ideas of the time, combined with the bizarreness that is, in fact, Rocky, makes it difficult to separate the homophobes from those who are simply flabbergasted by the entire concept of the show. Even the wild rock boys of the 1970s couldn't prepare most suburban homes for a castle fold of foreign transsexuals, to borrow a term used in the show and not appropriate for today. So, yes, there was homophobia, but it also was so jarring to most audiences that they... I don't even know if they knew they were being homophobic. They're just like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> They're like, is this what's going on in all those gay bars around town? I don't know. <laughs> that's literally what they thought. That's They're what like, happened. That's what the gays that's do. That's why Reagan got elected, and that's why we had the 80s. That's, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I wouldn't believe <laughs> it. They were like, we can't have that it. happening in the I States. I would buy it. Like, we cannot have that in the United States. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> um, O'Brien understood the word. O'Brien understood the world would struggle with Rocky's defiance of gender binaries. After all, the new star was struggling with their own gender identity. It would be several decades before Richard could finally come out, but but they admitted the struggle it had been. I'd been fighting, going to therapy, treating what I thought was... Treating what I was as though it were some kind of illness to be cured. But actually, no. I was basically transgender and just unhappy. And there were countless other queer people in Richard's same shoes. So it should be no surprise that this group of misfits would find themselves rallying behind a show that was being rejected by the media for the same reasons they were rejected by society. While the 1970s came on the heels of Stonewall and the spark of the queer liberation, the fight was only beginning. The same year the Rocky Horror Show premiered on stage, Robert Grant founded the American Christian Cause, later renamed The Christian Voice. Grant's organization was a lobbying group specifically dedicated to combating the so-called gay agenda. He is often considered the father of Christian right, and by 1976, Grant's activism had spread across the entire country, um, which we'll cover in one day in our LGBTQ vi- villains, but he really is the one that, 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 that conservative 
wave you were just talking about with Reagan that was sparked mm-hmm. by someone like Grant who thinks that the entire queer world is rocky. Not that that would have been bad, but also just, right. you know, ridiculous propaganda. It was the Christian voice that galvanized conservatives such as Anita Bryant and Jerry Falwell to openly attack queer rights. And while many LGBTQ plus people were used to the hostility and homophobia, this fresh wave of attacks often left many feeling vulnerable and alone. In our Halloween episode, we discussed how the holiday was one of the few times a year queer people could openly express themselves. Cross-dressing ordinances combined with anti-sodomy laws could turn the smallest dress infraction into social suicide. Being arrested for cross-dressing or sodomy would result in job loss, eviction, termination of public benefits, and usually a round or two of beatings from cops and community members, or worse. The exemptions around Halloween allowed for queer people to breathe openly for at least a single evening. And once an individual had that taste of freedom and unbridled community and unbridled community, it is easy to see how a craving for more developed. And I really suggest we film the Halloween uh, episode last year, which I can't believe it was a year ago. Um, and going back and listening to to what that holiday meant, why that was so big. It wasn't just the costumes. Yes, that was fun. But it was more the fact that Halloween allowed people to express themselves Mm -hmm. safely. And And nobody would look twice at you because it's Halloween. Everybody's dressing up. Exactly. The Rocky Horror Picture Show became the savior for queers in need of that open expression. The same except... The same exceptions lent to Halloween were also given to other costume parties as well as fan cosplay. So you couldn't be cross-dressing unless you said you were cross-dressing for cosplay, Mm -hmm. and then the authorities would let you go. But the elements of a show about a glorious transgender alien with a fluid sexuality were certainly enough to draw on a queer-dominated crowd. It was the safety of the space allowed that created a cult following. If an individual was attending a Rocky showing, then that was all the explanation needed for an outfit that might otherwise be deemed illegal. Once the person arrived at the theater, they would most likely be surrounded by a group of fellow queers. And whatever happened in a dark theater at midnight wasn't a concern to the disapproving and judgmental outside world. So it, it, you know, we'll talk about it in the next mm-hmm. in the next paragraph. But yeah, it was it was a safe space, and you're with a bunch of other queers. You're in a dark theater, so hey, whatever happens, right. happens. That's a good spot to meet people. Exactly. And, you know, and you're having fun, and you're able to dress and express yourself however you want. Right, and you're not concert like. Think about the freedom you feel in a gay bar when you go there. Mm-hmm. You know, you can dance, you can be silly, you can literally be however you want, and you don't have to be afraid of feeling strange or outside and i'm assuming and that must be how it felt there and especially with the uh extravagance of the dress and the uniqueness of the style like you really it must have been so freeing at that time yes and the truth is rocky was one of the few spaces outside of a gay bar where lgbtq people could freely gather but it was more than a space to meet the but it was more than a space to meet the ritual of watching the same movie, hearing the same songs, and repeating the same lines night after night resembled more of a church service than a film. An odd, obscene, and much more thrilling church service, yes, but the rituals of the viewings cannot be ignored. Especially in the early years of the show, audiences began to adopt routines that caught on and spread from theater to theater. Props such as rubber gloves for snapping, water guns for shooting, and toasts and cards for throwing are all part of the standard in any stage or movie showing. There's also a lot of audible responses and shout-outs during the production that recall the same way many churches lead congregations to chant and recite well-known passages. So people, th- so 
it would it just like organically happen mm-hmm. because you're going you are watching the same show over and over every night because it's one of the few places that you can go and safely be so you go there you watch the show and yes you enjoy it but that's not what it is it's like i'm safe here i'm with fellow queers and mm-hmm. so then of course you're going to start playing around because you want something to continue to keep yourself entertained right so whenever you know it would rain the audience would start shooting water guns and whenever um you know and then they would yell out like one of the things was um, Janet like puts the um, the newspaper on her head because it's raining, and someone goes, "Use an umbrella, you dumb bitch!" And so <laughs> then people just started saying the same thing, and then it became a chant, and like the whole audience is saying these lines together that aren't part of the show, but it's the audience responding to right. the show. And uh, it really it, is a beautiful like thing. Yeah, it is, and it, it yeah. But uh, we need to go one day. We do. We really do. A midnight showing for Halloween. Ooh, that would be good. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't know if we can go in COVID, but it'll definitely otherwise. be like two years from now. But <laughs> whenever, <laughs> but one day, one day we'll go. <laughs> By 1976, most theaters and critics had considered the Rocky Horror Picture Show an utter flop. On April Fool's Day of that year, the first midnight showing took place in an attempt to make back some money from the production. The date, no doubt, was chosen in accordance with the mockery surrounding the movie, but it was during this show that the first bit of audience participation took place. And as the show continued its run, theater owners became pleasantly surprised at the ticket sales. Over the next two years, the film continued to gain popularity as more and more midnight showings cropped up across the states. Wherever Rocky shows were popping up, one could be certain to find a large LGBTQ plus crowd. And as the film's popularity grew, so did the mainstream's perception of the film as well as queer representation. Yeah, it's not a show you can go see at 3 p.m. on a Thursday. No. It's not. That's, <laughs> and I think they probably tried to do that, and that's probably mm-hmm. why it failed. It's definitely like a, a midnight or like it's 10 or experience. later. It's not a show. It's an experience. Yes. And it needs to, that experience needs to play, take place during night when people can, you know. And especially at that time period. Because mm-hmm. again, going back to that point of like what we, what we, every queer person has heard, right? I don't care what you do. Just do it in your home. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you do. Just do it. Don't do it around me. So here you are literally at midnight and they're like, here, let's play this queer show. And then people have to be like, well, all right, fine. Nobody can see you. You're in the mm-hmm. middle of the night. Everybody else is asleep. We don't have to watch you freaks. Fine. Do your stuff at night and get out. Again, right. a reason why queer bars are so popular. Yes, there's the drinking and the dancing, but again, it's another thing that you do at night in the dark when nobody has to see your freakishness, so mm-hmm. to speak. We don't mean to imply that the Rocky Horror Picture Show changed English and American acceptance of LGBTQ people. There were certainly many stereotypes and harmful ideas put in place that may have been a benefit 45 years ago, yet don't serve us well today. Still, for many people, Dr. Frankenfurter was the only trans representation they would ever see in their lifetime. And while the show was not perfect, many local productions Many local productions used money raised to support the LGBT community, fight the AIDS pandemic, and even fund trans-affirming surgeries. It is also important to note that LGBTQ people of the 70s realized Rocky wasn't an accurate depiction of queer life, and it wasn't meant for that purpose. It was meant to push the boundaries of gender while serving up camp and humor. On that point, the show fulfilled its mission, for sure. Yeah, and so again, like... Yeah, there were some harmful stereotypes put in place, but that's also because... It's the straight heterosexual people 
decided to get their idea of queer life from the fucking Rocky Horror Picture Show, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of like getting to know queer people and interacting and treating us like human beings, you decide that that show is going to tell you what queer people do. And so that's where those stereotypes come from. But if you're part of the LGBTQ community, you know that's not what our community is about. You also recognize, though, that this is a safe place and you can have a fun show. And you do get to enjoy the queer representation. You do get to take part in that. So it is good in that purpose. I agree. By 1980, more than 230 theaters across the U.S. were playing the Rocky Horror Picture Show every Friday and Saturday night. In addition, an international fan club was established, a fan newsletter titled The Transylvanian was running along with several other magazines, and fans began hosting Rocky conventions. O'Brien began to write a sequel titled Rocky Horror Shows His Heels, but could not get main stars Sarandon, Bostwick, and Curry to return to the production. Though the young actor Tim Curry owed his success to Rocky, his prominence from the show opened a door for the rising star. But he, was, but he would always hold a place in his heart for the show and told NPR years later, Rocky is a guaranteed weekend party to which you can go with or without a date and probably find one if you don't have one. And it's also a chance for people to try on a few roles for size, you know? Figure out. Help them maybe figure out their own sexuality. I wish that sequel would have came out. Oh, there was a lot of attempts at a sequel. Uh, Yeah, they just couldn't. I think, like, Tim Curry, so that was his first starring role. Mm -hmm. And years later, you can see what a success it was. But at the time... It's real, relative little success. People, they, he was in both the stage production and then he did the the show. So he was the originator of Frankenfurter, and he, um, I feel like maybe at the time he kind of wanted to distance himself. Like he got, you, like you got a little success, but like get get away from that. Maybe mm. his managers were like, you, you know, you need to step away yeah, from that. Yeah, don't role. do that again. <laughs> exactly. Like, okay, good. You got you got some recognition, but like we need to put you in stuff to show people that you're not a homo. Right. And and he did distance himself. And then years later, he's able to look back on it. So it it gave these stars again, like Susan Sarandon, like this this step up. But then their managers are like, "Now we need to show people that you can do regular movies." Mm-hmm. And so they refused to go back for the the sequel. But even though Curry had moved on from the role, O'Brien still had the other characters to utilize. The movie Shock Treatment continued the story of Denton um, and the other individuals from the original show. However, the removal of Dr. Frankenfurter and characters Brad and Janet caused the film to fall flat. Throughout the next two decades, O'Brien would continue to attempt to revise the universe through Rocky Horror, The Second Coming, and Revenge of the Queen, but producers wouldn't take a chance on a sequel of a film they still saw as a failure. For their part, O'Brien continued to do well with the success of Rocky and became a cultural pop icon themselves. In the mid-2000s, they were finally able to come out as non-binary, and today they advocate for ending the gender construct. Telling Pink News in 2009, if society allowed you to grow up feeling it was normal to be what you are, there wouldn't be a problem. And as for the show itself, 45 years later, it still has a rabid cult following, along with a significant place in LGBTQ plus history. And perhaps what is more interesting is the way the former underground film was shot into mainstream in the last two decades. So much so that in 2015, Fox did its own live-action remake casting star Laverne Cox as Dr. Frankenfurter. It's just interesting that Fox kept shooting down every revision. And then finally in 2015, they're like, oh, is this popular? Are gay people okay now? Yeah. Queer people? Trans people? Okay, all right, we'll do mm-hmm. it. Of course, hardcore fans denounced the movie. But many on the outside saw the show for the very first time, and the revisal was met with resounding praise. 
And yet even though we appreciate the way we can openly embrace queer characters today, it will never compare to a 1970s theater filled with queer people throwing toast and cards at the screen. If I could... So if I had a time machine and they were like, you can go back to three places in time, that would have to be one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I would just want to see it. Like I Just would, sit in that theater. I would be like, all right, I'm going to dress up, get my stuff, and I'm just going to go. I just want to <laughs> experience it. Yeah. I feel like it has, like, the energy from the crowd, the excitement, the freedom to finally be able to express themselves for the first time in an area. And I don't know, it just has to be such like a... And a magical feeling. I can yeah. imagine how good it must have felt. Oh yeah, and 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 it wasn't just in the big cities too. Like one of the the most popular conventions was held in Tucson, Arizona. So like this is this is where queer people all over the states and in the Midwest, in the South, are able to access this and and it's safe. And yeah, maybe the townspeople think they're a little weird, but again, they think oh, kids just really into a show. Mm-hmm. You know, they again, it's safe and even if they're not okay with it, they're looking the other way. It just, it just let a lot of exceptions in place. Right. And it also put out that representation and, and, and people could enjoy that. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, in like the last, like around the nineties, all of a sudden it went, it was very much an underground film. And then in the nineties it came popular and then the, you know, the straights got involved and yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So your recommended resource is, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is available right now on Hulu. You can also rent the movie on Prime or YouTube or play the, spon- the soundtrack on Spotify during a small socially distanced Halloween gathering. Unless you're Gina Raimundo and she says no. Exactly. Or, you know, just yourself listening to it. it the music is do. fun. Oh, yeah. It is. I was surprised at how much I liked the music. Again, I had a lot of preconceptions. I'm very much a musical snob, and you know that. So, like, my favorite musical is Les Mis and The Phantom of the Opera, which is, like, the shit that people are... Nobody likes Les Mis unless you love musicals. Mm-hmm. And so um, so I was like, I'm not going to like this because I hate Grease. I absolutely hate Grease. You hate Grease? And everybody compares it. They're like, it's it's the queer Grease. Now, here's the thing. If you look at Rocky Horror Picture Show and you think that's what queer life is like, watch Grease and pretend that that's what straight life is like. like- <laughs> exactly, right? The dichotomy of the two, right? And also, like, the immense popularity of one while the rejection right. of the other very show- shows through. We could have done a whole episode on that. But, um, but yeah, I hate Grease. And so I was like, I'm not going to like this. But I really really loved the music and the music this. is so fun yeah it's good um and if you want to read more about rocky then check out the rocky horror picture show book and above all damn it janet have a great halloween you hot patooties <laughs> <laughs> i tried to throw in a couple phrases in there okay yeah damn it janet all right but seriously um thank you for listening and we hope that you make some safe fun plans for your halloween it's on saturday this year so 2020 has something. the best holiday schedule like and remember, all holidays run remember weekends. everybody being like oh 2020 is gonna be so lit it's we're gonna get to do all the things we gotta do and yeah then, all the holidays run weekends cinco de mayo is on a tuesday like like a taco tuesday like everything was literally like aligned for like american mm-hmm. holidays and culture yep and then fucking covid was like <laughs> you I want to re- so. i want to redo all this fucking shit's gonna be on sunday next oh, no. year when everything opens up like, imagine Pride the first year after everything opens oh, up. Imagine God. the bars the first year everything opens up. Like, it's going to be wild. It is. It is. And with that, stay queer. <laughs> Don't get a lobotomy. We love you, our little allied hookers. And stay. And our succulent sapphists. Resist the oppressors, our proud homocrats. And have yourself a sodomy circus. At the Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's or don't. Right. 
and Black Lives Matter. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you are listening and follow us on social media at Your Queer Story. Like what you heard? Want to share your story? Send us a voice message to add to the podcast from the Anchor app or at anchor.fm slash yourqueerstory. And if you would like to support the work we do or get exclusive content, check us out on patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. See you next week. Bye. Bye.